Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Convos podcast, where we have conversations on a variety of subjects. I'm your host, Matt McNaughton, and today I'm having a conversation with my brother-in-law, Jeremy Lin. Jeremy and his family are missionaries to Ethiopia. In our conversation today, we're going to chat about what they're up to in Ethiopia, their frustrations, and their celebrations of what God is doing through them in the capital city of Ethiopia. We're also going to talk about some of the theological barriers that they're trying to overcome as they make disciples who make disciples. Did you know that Ethiopia is the birthplace of coffee? So Jeremy and I enjoyed an incredible cup of unfortunately, Folgers coffee during this conversation because I couldn't find my coffee bean grinder in order to have true, genuine Ethiopian coffee. So grab a cup of coffee and enjoy this conversation. And remember, the next time you have a cup of coffee, pray for the Lynn family missionaries to Ethiopia. Jeremy, Give us an update on what's happened. I fell out of my chair. <laughs> that, was, oh, that was close. Give us an update on what's going on in Ethiopia. So it's been two years two since years. you've been back in the country. Mm-hmm. So what's gone on the last two plus years? Wow. I mean, there's a ton that's that has happened. Uh, I'll try to uh, kind of give you uh, our family things and kind of uh, what's happening within Bethel, the church. So when we arrived, uh, there was some unrest in the country, and that led to multiple different things happening where you're in these crazy car rides with the roads being shut down. Um, of course, the, the internet was shut down for six months, and that was, that was a tough one, especially, uh, you know, our oldest daughter is going to be getting married uh, actually in July, not too, not too far away. But two years ago, we knew this, and Carissa wanted to be a part of picking out the dress. And so we're going to get on the internet, and, and, and she, she, Carissa was, and, and video call this thing and, and try to be a part of it as best you can. Well, the internet shut down. We get pictures months later after it's already chosen. So uh, things like that can really be hard on a, on a family, uh, especially a mother who that she's waited uh, with for uh, Juliana's life, you know, when she gets married, I'm going to do this with her, and she wasn't able to. That's a quite the welcome back to the country. Here's no internet. Yeah, and <laughs> and, and 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 yeah, and no internet. Now it's going to cut down on how communication. Uh, you're not sure what's going to happen, and we get through that, and then there's a, a bathroom issue. And if you ever done a bathroom remodel, that can be in the middle of it now. That can be frustrating, and after months. And I say months of not having a bathroom. I mean, we had a toilet, but we didn't have a shower. So we're going to the church to shower and it just can, can work hard on a family. So uh, there's just been little things that have happened uh, within our, our family group or family unit that have caused frustrations to where, you know, there's, there's times that you say i can't i i said i can't believe a bathroom is going to make me leave the country <laughs> a bathroom i was that frustrated and and really angry at like why is this going this way but 
those moments happen, but then you have all these cool things that happen as well. So you, you can't be caught up in the moment and circumstances and start making decisions based on emotions. If that's how you live, you will live a life that's going all over the place. So I I struggle with that, but uh, God is good and he, he shows grace all the time. But there's been uh, amazing hurdles that we've seen within the church where uh, we spend uh, a couple years trying to translate some uh, discipleship material that we have that leads to a book fully in Amharic, our Discipleship One class is just what we call it, which it's, it's going through what we would say are fundamentals of what our church believes and teaches. And we have that completely in Amharic now. And with that, we have two guys that are teaching that, that class completely in Amharic, which in the eight years of the church being, uh, uh, or church fellowshipping, uh, in this past two years, now we have classes that are completely in Amharic. And there was one lady in that class who had tried in English two times. She started the class two other times. Um, she starts it in Amharic and she is so excited. And then Paulos, one of the guys teaching that class, he also preached and she's saying things like this, which was, I thought was really cool. She says, okay, so now we need to start churches in, in other places and they're, they're going to be preaching in Amharic. We need to go do this. So she's already thinking about church planning and she's just getting th- started in that discipleship class. So to see that, that, that type of thinking happening already uh, with just a, at that point, it was just a couple weeks into the class. She's already thinking that way. Um, I think she's starting to get it, but I, I believe our, our church is the, the desire to not just be in one place, but now how can we spread out sharing the gospel uh, through church planning, which is, yeah. of course, that's our big goal as a, as missionaries is right. making disciples that can make disciples that plant churches right? and churches that can, plant churches. So uh, I, I think we're, you know, after four years and, and eight years of the church, we're starting to see maybe, I, I pray, a kind of a snowball effect of, of churches and disciples being made. Yeah, one of the coolest things that I've seen, I've been to Ethiopia twice. Uh, the first time, it's culture shock. It's, you're just trying to figure out everything that's going on. The second time, and both times I spent about 10 days there and the second time getting to know uh, people in the church and and remembering them and continuing that conversations and seeing how far they've come in their their christian walk and how they're making disciples and and seeing that growth has just been one of the coolest things to watch and getting to know these guys and and occasionally texting them across the world right and how they're encouraging me by making disciples is Mm -hmm. that's why you guys are there Mm -hmm. and i I, I, that's why i love partnering over there because it's it's what we're doing here it's making disciples right it's what you're doing over there and um i know it hasn't been easy i mean we knew that going into it but at the same time living it is a lot different than talking about it right so that we have learned a lot uh I guess the first two years, it seemed, oh, this is, you know, it's that kind of that honeymoon yeah. phase, I guess you would say, for us in the country. And then you start to experience the same frustrations over and over. 
And, you know, just like in any relationship, now how am I going to respond to that frustration? How am I going to, to deal with it? Right. So we, we hopefully have learned and grown from it, but, uh, well, we'll just continue and, okay. and not make decisions based off emotion. Right. I think that's probably a big lesson we've learned. Because you've said something from day one since you've been over there that it's, um, if you can accomplish like one thing in a day, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, and we also have to learn that even if I don't accomplish something, it's not like I'm less valuable now or, because right. that, that became kind of a motto and we began to kind of find satisfaction in that. Uh and now we're like, wait, what if I don't? Did I, right. did I, did I not do good enough today? All right. So it, as we've learned and grown, we're finding that statement is not even good for us to say anymore. Oh, okay. We're like, okay, satisfaction in Jesus alone. It, whether good. I get one thing done or not. So, so, so what you're saying is being a missionary in Ethiopia has been good for your own sanctification. Yes. <laughs> it is good. It doesn't feel good, but no. it is good. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, it's... It, it's so it's so different, and I can't wait till I get to go back. But I, the second time I went back, that we get to their house, there's no power and there's no water, mm-hmm. and you've been flying for 24 hours, and you're like, okay, we we'll just pile on the deodorant. We're we're in this, but, but it's it it's those difficulties. Even the Apostle Paul talks about this. My my sufferings are good because I get to see you, the advancement of the gospel in your own life, like those those little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know there's been challenges with your own family. What, what are some of the biggest challenges that your family faces when you're just living there okay. day to day? I think for ours, and this is different from family family to family, okay. uh, missionary family to missionary family, I guess I'm yeah. speaking at that level. But for our specific family, uh, water has been a huge issue this mm. this past two years. So our the the family we work with, their water is pretty consistent. And our water, it's on for a day and it's off for three days. So then we have that thousand liters on on our tower, our our reserve tank. Uh, what's a liter? I can't, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to translate that to gallons. Um, <laughs> Oh man, I've done the math before, but I'll let I'll let them do the math. Okay, on. yeah, figure but figure that out. What on is your own. that? Um, so we have a, a thousand liter tank, reserve tank. That's five hundred two liter Coca Colas. If that helps. If yes. You. Okay. Goes, so. if, that, if that helps put that into perspective. <laughs> so we were running out of water uh, each week. So we put in a another thousand uh, liters at the bottom and a pump to pump it up. So we had two reserve tanks. Well, we're, we were still running out of water. And you, you deal with that for two weeks, and Chris is like, how can I do laundry? I want to cook. We need to drink. Yeah. We want to shower. How can we... It just two years of trying to deal with that can be... I mean, honestly, it can be frustrating. So, you know, I, we made many drives to the church. It gives us time to hang out with Paulus and Derrida, yeah. who live there at the church. But having to make that ride or... Driving, you know, there's five gallon uh, water tanks. I'll go with gallons. Five gallon <laughs> water tanks. Uh, I had four of those, five of those that I would drive 
fill them up at the church, and then take them back to the house, pour them into our tanker, and then drive. And I, I did that for two years, getting making sure we, we had enough water at the house. So that can be uh, probably one of the bigger uh, struggles that you deal with. And in here, I, I go to the water tap, and I, I think, oh, the water's on. Right. And I can drink that water. Yeah. <laughs> Most houses here. You can drink that water. But there, uh, you're always thinking in the back of your mind, do I have water? And it's frustrating. I'm a car guy. I can't wash my car. But the car is the last on my list. Um, so I think that's probably been one of the bigger ones, just, just having water. Are we going to have water? And, uh, or when will the water come back on? Oh, we're going to run out. Yeah. It's, it's kind of in the back of your mind all the time. Because then sometimes if you have, and then sometimes you'll have water and not have power. And then yeah. you'll have power but not water. How but often did you, are you out without both? For, for this time, for this two-year time, the power was pretty good. Oh, see. The, I, I, so it, why did that change? I don't know. Hmm. But it's easier to overcome the power because we have a generator. Right. And, and, and so if the power does go out, I can turn that on. And, it, and it, it's enough power. It doesn't run our water heaters, but it runs the refrigerator, it runs our freezer, and we can keep the food that we've purchased, but we can also see if we need to. Uh, we only run that if, if the power goes out, you know, four hours at a time and kind of just stagger that so it keeps everything cold, the, the food cold. Um, and, and if I need to watch a movie. <laughs> the, the, the not really the necessities yeah. of the movies kind of go out the the door on that but so i know this and i think maybe one of your other challenges that you've faced is the traffic patterns hmm. at in the country yeah i have never been so afraid for my life in a vehicle than being in a car with jeremy an american driving six wide and two lanes it makes no sense to me there's a system that but then they changed it due to the time of day going in and out yeah. of the city yeah you have to just talk yeah about if you don't if you don't remember and you get in that 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 lane that can be both directions depending on time of day uh, there's many times i get over i'm like why are they coming oh i'm in the wrong lane and uh, there's no there's like no traffic lights no lights yeah it's circles. just they just started doing this well, I, you know, I, I I prayed about that big time before we moved there, and I'm not normally an aggressive driver. It it, no. it, it kind of bugs Carissa in in the U.S. I'll get into a lane and I'll just I'll just go with the flow. Sunday and drive. I Sunday drive pretty much everywhere. But I I started to notice I won't get anywhere in Ethiopia if I drive like that. Mm. And some for some reason I I, I kind of turned into a, an aggressive driver there to the point where Chris is like, why didn't you let that lady pass? Like, if I don't let her, if I let her pass, I won't go anywhere. <laughs> You're just so it's another thing that God is using for my sanctification. Um, but I have found myself in, in this two year period, uh, starting to get a little more angry before I'd kind of just let it go. Now I'm getting, I can, I can get angry. And it's something that while me, you're driving, while I'm driving, getting angry with why did they do that? Why did they do that? And uh, me and Eric uh, talk about that a lot. And I know he struggles with it. I struggle with it. And so we kind of try to hold each other accountable in that. 
But, you know, it, it, what makes sense to our American minds, and this should happen, and they will do this, it, it doesn't always happen right. that way in the traffic there. Uh, your lane is not your lane. And I'm not driving my car. I'm trying to drive other people's car as I think <laughs> through what will they do. What is, and, and you learn that over time. They'll probably do this. So you're trying to drive two or three cars in front of you and cars behind you. It, it makes no sense. All At I first, know is I'm holding on tightly to this handle that's right here <laughs> as I'm two inches from, away from this car right. that's right outside my window. Yeah, you find... <laughs> Going oh, there, 40 miles an hour. You find the pattern and yeah. you, you realize, oh, there's a hole in the road. That's why everybody's doing that in, in front of me. And until that gets, gets fixed, everybody's going to follow that pattern of everybody squeeze into these two lanes and go through that bump. Oh, that's where the train crosses, so everybody's going to narrow down. Um, that's where everybody stops to let the other cars go. I don't know why they stop there for that. But that's just I don't happening. know, but they know I stop and that car has the right of way. <laughs> Some places I don't understand that yet, but everybody else does it, so I do it you too. Do it to it. Do it and to you it. just kind of follow the pattern that's going on. Uh, something new in the country is speeding tickets. Oh. I, I don't know if I had a speeding ticket when you came. I don't think so. So they have the radar guns now, and I didn't even know there were speed limits. I don't. I've never seen a sign. So they, the, they're, the they're like signs. you know so big here, and they're on the side of the road, and we're going fast with all the other stuff on the side of the roads, trees yeah. and signs and people. You you can very easily miss them. So I, I may have been one of the first people in Ethiopia to get a speeding ticket, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they take your driver's license. And you have to go get it from the headquarters the next day. Oh, my goodness. So this police officer sticks it in his pocket, and you're like, oh, I hope it makes it to where it needs to go. <laughs> Somehow it did. They have a system, and I was able to get it. There's hundreds of licenses inside these little containers, and I guess they're in some sort of alphabetic order. And they found it the first time. The second time, yes, I had two speeding tickets. <laughs> two. <laughs> Within a week of each other, Friday to Friday, I had two speeding tickets. The second time, they couldn't find the license. And I'm like, oh, oh we had to great. go to the like the police chief. And he comes down, and, and he was able to find it somehow. <laughs> and then the guy looks at the license, and he looks at my Amharic friend, or my Ethiopian friend, and he looks at him, and he says, this is not you. And so my friend's like, it's him. <laughs> and I'm right next to him, and he didn't realize it was me. I thought that was funny. But uh, then he gives me my license. But, yeah, so speeding tickets are a thing now. They're, they're, they're watching that. They, they the... hide behind the trees. So they're, all this is going. Now you have to worry about speeding tickets. Oh, great. Uh, anyhow, I'm, I'm learning and growing. So the, the, there's the challenges. But there's been some good things that happened. Um, one of the challenges... And all this is the visas and oh, getting yeah. all that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sorted out. But God orchestrated some really cool things the past. Oh yeah, for sure. Two years with your visas. So, and I would even probably go back four years on that. You, yeah, because uh, you've been working on yeah, this. Yeah, since we arrived in the country, we started on a tourist visa, and that we were in the country legally, and we were doing what we were doing legally. But there was this sense of, will they, will they for some reason say, hey, we don't want you doing this anymore. You need to, you need to get out of the country. So we have been trying to establish, one, our organization, 
which would lead to us getting work permits, which would lead to us being in the country legally yeah. uh, to do Bible teaching. So we started this process now, probably close to four years ago, where we were renewing our, uh, our, our organization's license. And what happened was one of the missionaries who was in charge, he was going to Sudan and, and you know, starting churches. Well, he contracted malaria. He made it back to Addis, the, uh, where we live, and was in the hospital. He, he ended up dying. Mm. So he didn't renew the license. Uh, he couldn't. So Eric got all the information, and we started going to the government and saying, hey, we want to renew, but we don't have the actual original license. We just have a copy. And so we had to go through all these different things, go to the police, say we lost it, and get that paper and go to the government say hey here and long story short after uh, position changes and many different things happening we were we were able to about two years ago renew the license well that opened the door to get work permits so Eric we had to establish the organization he would be the director I'd be an assistant director our mission another friend uh, there's three of us. He lives in another town, but he was going to be a rural director. And uh, they, they approve Eric's work permit. And that's, uh, he says, I need two helpers. That, they approve those as well. So now we have three work permits under our organization umbrella. So about a year ago or so, uh, we were able to get my work permit. And we told the government, we want to teach the Bible. They said, okay. But we also want you to invest in local churches. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they want us to financially invest as well. Right. So we have to come up with unique ways of bringing U.S. dollars into the country because they want it to come from outside of the country. We have to come up with unique ways of investing in the local churches but also in uh, each believer right so we had one church give us money specifically for bibles so we bring that u.s dollar in and now we give each of these churches or the churches we're connected with we give them money to go buy bibles and that that's one way that's exactly what we want to do you that do, right but we're also allowed to uh, personally each one of us teach the bible i don't know if that is uh, well, it's exactly what we want to do. So right. it's it's a great saying that we have a a work permit, which gives us a uh, a residency, a temporary residency, and they know we're in the country to teach the Bible. Right, investing into Ethiopian citizens and, and Ethiopians and and their churches. Yeah, I think that lines up with exactly what we want to do: make right. disciples and and encourage the churches and if. If they grow, they will plant other churches. So it, it, it lines up. But we have the government's approval to do that. That's, that's huge. That's huge. Uh, there's been many times in the country's history that this wasn't even an option. Right. So uh, to have that is, is an amazing step, uh, amazing gift of grace by God to be in the country sharing the gospel, to be able to make disciples and encourage churches and plant churches. And, that, and that's why you're there, to do to, yeah. to, to do that, to to make disciples, the government gave us to permission go. to do what God wants us to do. How? how <laughs> that, that's incredible. Yeah. Just how God's orchestrated that mm -hmm. over mm -hmm. the last couple years. Yeah. And 
one of the things you guys started this past, I think the last couple of years is uh, a Bible college right. for some men in your church that you're hoping to, you're investing in, you're pouring mm-hmm. into them. Mm-hmm. Um, here in America, we've got a wide variety of Christian options to go to seminary. Yeah, if you wanted to go to a Bible college, you just say, hey, I want that one, and right. you go. And of you, course, with you have your money, options. But, yeah. Um, in Ethiopia, you don't have that option, so it's done within the local church. So tell us about the Bethel Bible College. That's okay. So one that that there's a couple thoughts that come to mind in that. One, we believe the local church should be doing what the Correct. Bible col- colleges are doing. Yes. So we wanted to do that's that. That's Ephesians for, four. Yeah, we wanted to do that. Out. For that purpose alone, we believe that's the local church's responsibility. Right. So we started this Bible college, which lines up also with what our work permits say we're going to do, um, to invest in faithful men that have been ex- that have expressed a desire to to grow in in God's word. That's Second Timothy too. Second Timothy, yes. So that they can then teach others. Yeah. And so we, we handpicked the guys. We didn't say, hey, everybody in the church, come. We, we said, hey, do you want to do this? We, we've been watching them. And so we have, uh, right now, we have four guys that are a part of the college. And it's been a, a amazing to see their growth and the questions they ask and how they're becoming more and more involved in, in the local church there. Uh, Paulus and Framsa, they're the ones teaching the discipleship yeah. class. Uh, Brooke, he's the one that translated, uh, I would say, 90% of that book. He's amazing in language. Oh. And now he's translating this discipleship curriculum into the Amharic language. Which is which is sets, sets up discipleship for generations. Yeah, so we wanted to express, hey, this is not something just for you, right. but for your, your children and your grandchildren and then and until Jesus comes. Right. He, we can be making disciples. So uh, th- these guys have been involved. Of course, there's also Muse, and he's involved in right. different areas within the church as well. But uh, to see them already growing and being more involved through that is, is pretty neat. Yeah, I had the opportunity to go back last a year ago, mm-hmm. last uh, a little bit more than a year ago, to teach one of those classes yeah. and spend some time a whole week with these guys and um, some of them just I've met for the first time others uh, Paulos just a great guy uh, love him and um, and he's actually believes God has called him to be a pastor yeah so that's that's a cool I, I don't know if he will pastor Bethel or pastor some church plant I yeah, don't know I really maybe soon we'll get to have a conversation with Paulos here yeah. with you can, while you're still in the yeah, States. Yeah, we can video chat or something like and, that. would be really neat. Because Paulos, he's translated for me. Just a great servant's heart. Mm-hmm. Love for Jesus. And um, watching him learn mm-hmm. and his, his just his smile, infectious as he's listening yeah, to God's word. And then Framza is, um, he had us over for dinner mm-hmm. and... And, and, and Framsa has a, a teacher's heart. I mean, yeah. that's what he does for a right. living. He's a, a school teacher. Yeah. Uh, he teaches history, and he teaches, um, uh, I can't think of the other ones right now, but he, he is a school teacher by profession. Right. And then you add that he loves Jesus into yeah. that. It's just amazing how he's able to just, it's, it's, it's kind of a God-given talent, I guess yeah. you'd say. 
but I believe he has the gift of teaching. So I don't know that he'll ever be a pastor. Maybe he will. I don't know. Yeah. But he's at minimum a, a teacher within the church. Yeah, Franz, uh, getting to know him a little bit more last time, he was in that class. And we I'd be teaching. And you know how if you're eating something and you bite into it, you're like, mm, that's mm-hmm. good. Like, so I would be teaching it. And Framzo has that same reaction when he hears something out of God's word that's yeah. good. So now if I'm somewhere and I hear someone like, mm, I, I think of Framzo every time. <laughs> just funny. like, man, yeah. I mean, God, give me just that hunger for your word and right. desire to grow. And uh, Yeah, there's so many stories I could tell you just about Framzo. Yeah. Uh, of course, we we're limited on time. We're, but, yeah. we're, maybe we have to have Franzo on the conversation too. Uh, yeah, maybe too. we add him to it. <laughs> That's I think does. some of the things he's said to me in the past is is just amazing. Uh, one that sticks out in my mind, just real quick, is he said he was praying for a church that just teaches the Bible. And when he came to Bethel, he's like, I, "God, answer my prayer." Man. I thought that's. I mean, that's just amazing, but. Uh, you never know who's praying for what right. and how God will use you to answer that prayer. Right. Uh, it's, it, uh, again, it just a lot of cool stories well, that come from Framza. All right, so let me ask this question then. As an American, mm-hmm. what is something you've learned from your Ethiopian brothers and sisters in Christ? So culturally, Ethiopia is very familial. They're very family-oriented. I... I'm always going to invite my friends or family over for uh, holidays, but if they show up and it's not a holiday, they come right in and it's, it, there's no, oh, why'd you come? Or there's no, uh, you're not going to be pushed back. Welcomed in all the time. Welcome in, welcome in. And that uh, seems to translate right into the, the local assembly. If, if you are part of their local church, you are family. It's not a question. Uh, I treat you just like I would treat my brother because you are my brother. Yeah. And I think for me personally, growing up in the American church culture, I didn't always seem to get that. Yeah. In fact, I, as I try to recall my, my life, I'm trying to think of who I really learned that from if I did. Yeah. Um, I, of course, my, my, my family were always welcoming of right. people coming over. But when I went to church, did I feel like family? I, I don't know. Maybe sometimes I did, maybe I did. Yeah, because like, when I go over to the church in Ethiopia, I mean, there's hugging, and you act like you've... Yeah, yeah, you, you're greeted. Welcome. You're, you're, you're greeted you're just like us. you were a family. Now, it, as they get to know you, it, yeah. then, then it becomes, oh, you're a, you're a brother in Christ. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's really neat to see that family... Uh, I take care of you because you're family. That's X, that's X2 yeah. of just... And uh, we had... Uh, this is uh, another story I just thought of. We had a lady in the church who had a child. And her husband had taken off. And she had been coming, she had been coming, and she's not an official, I guess you would say, church member, but she had been faithfully attending for over a year. Mm. And the church knew she needed help financially. And she needs food, and okay, so they start getting together. How can we uh, get her what she needs? So there's uh, a group that they collect the money, they go and buy groceries, and they take the extra money for her rent, 
they take the money or the, the groceries and here's a month's supply of what you need to get by. But it doesn't stop. Okay, how are you doing? They keep in contact. What's going on? Uh, has your husband come back? Uh, do, you, do you have a place? Can you afford the rent for next month? What's that look like? Uh, they're taking care of her just like it would be their mother. Man. And, and, and it's not because they have a ton of money in excess. They had all things in common. I, too. Yeah, you're my family. I take care of you. Yeah, and I, I really think it it plays well into, I think it's Galatians where we are to do good to others, especially the household of faith. Yeah, and the household, that family of faith, they they take that serious. It's 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 not. Uh, well, we'll treat some people like family and some not. It's if you're in Christ, you're my family. I treat you like my family. I, if if I can learn that, I'm not going to say uh, the church in the world. Well, the church in the world needs to to live like I think that way, but I definitely have learned that, uh, that I need to be living that way. Family, family, yeah, family. Because because church is not something you go to. It's something you are. Yeah, you don't go to. You're a part of. You're, you're a part you're, of. It's a, a lifestyle. Lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Uh, so there's lots of so being Christian in Ethiopia, you've got different um, religious faiths, I guess. Mm-hmm. You've got Ethiopian Orthodox, that's very prominent and yeah. rooted in Ethiopia, mm-hmm. um, and then you have Islam, Islam. which is um, you know being American and then going over there and hearing the call, call to prayers. Prayer, yeah. Then you have Christians. It's one of the few countries that have friendly relationships amongst all of them mm-hmm. but there's maybe a part of Christianity I guess air and, quotes and it, it, yeah that um, is a dangerous theological mm-hmm. issue that's also very dangerous here in the states and that's the prosperity gospel right where this idea of if you have enough faith God's gonna prosper you right if you're sick it's it's your fault it's mm-hmm. it's this idea of strong faith gets bigger blessings mm-hmm. weak faith doesn't and, it, and it's a false false and heretical belief mm-hmm. that's really ruining a lot of Christians not here but definitely in in, in Africa and Ethiopia mm-hmm. uh, what what are some of the dangers you've seen firsthand of the prosperity of gospel prosperity gospel why it's so dangerous in Ethiopia so uh, Framsa is one of the main stories that comes to my mind because he, he grew up in the Orthodox religion and then his mom stayed in that but he kind of transitioned to the prosperity gospel movement and then his mother gets sick so he takes his mother to one of the prosperity prophets okay. and he says oh, I want her to get better and he he takes her she has a hand laid on her she's prayed over but his mom doesn't get better so now Framza feels the weight his faith wasn't strong enough she wasn't healed so man I, this isn't working and so it leads to a lot of and and this is where if they are christians they start to question god yeah if they aren't Christians, they just say, uh, this is, this is fake. Work. I'm going to go somewhere else yeah. and find the answer. So it caused him to question God. And uh, he's not good enough. God's not good. 
where do, where do I find myself now? To the point where he's even in the church and he wants to be involved and he's not allowed to be involved because he's not showing spiritual growth and therefore he can't be a teacher in that church because his faith's not strong enough. Because you're not, you're not showing these, these things that should be shown among, this, among the church. Talk about a frustrated person. He says, I spent a whole night praying that I would show some spiritual gifts. And it, and it didn't happen. He says, I was angry at God. So it, it leaves a lot of Christians frustrated and questioning what they believe or, and what is real, what is not real. And I can go down a list of, of church members, uh, uh, Framsa, Gabi, uh, all we have church members that are frustrated with this prosperity gospel. They see the pastor driving in this nice Toyota Land Cruiser and having a big house, and then they see poor people that are giving and giving and giving, thinking they're going to be blessed if they do that. They're getting nowhere, and he's he's living this big life. Right. And they're seeing this inconsistency, and it causes them to question: uh, Is the Bible true? Is God loving? I mean, we can go through a list of questions, and uh, they are left, really. I think the, the biggest thing is they're just frustrated right. to the point where some of them said, you know what, I just started listening to sermons online. I, I kind of gave up. Um, or they just leave the church. Leave, uh, all the, leave all the God good. altogether. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of different things that, uh, that they, they, they go to looking for uh, satisfaction because they're not finding it uh, within their, their local church. Um, so it, it leaves a lot of people frustrated uh, and, and, and feeling like they're not, like it's, they're, the, they're the problem. It's, it's legalism. Like you're putting so much effort into, mm-hmm. I have to do this, I have to do this in order to earn favor. Mm-hmm. That is anti the gospel. Where yeah, the gospel it, says it's all about what Jesus has done. Right. Not about how strong of a faith you have. And, or, and God's not a genie that you're going to rub the right way right. to give you blessing right. and, and that's kind of how they're thinking this is how it should go and it's not working for me why right and so i and and if they respond in the sense now i'm going to go look for the answer great but if they respond in the sense i i reject all and just i'm going to go do my own it it really puts a bad name on churches that are following scripture now they we kind of get lumped into that group so the Muslim and the Orthodox lump us into that group. Oh. And, and so now there's this negative, uh, the Orthodox, oh, you're with them. Uh, no, you're no, like, no, 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 we're, we're, we're not. not with them at all. And they're trying not. to get to the point where we can walk through that, it just takes time. But it's, it, we have seen a lot of people leaving those different thoughts. And just as you work, work through the scriptures, uh, it's like they blossom into, the, well, we see Framsa and Anangabi right. and Paulos and Derrida and all these guys that are, are like, wow, I found the truth. I want it more. I want it more. Right. Because so. they're saying it's, it's not about how, what, how I can prosper here on this earth. It's the fact that in Christ, as John 10 says, Christ has given me the abundant life. Mm-hmm. And that's all the blessings I have in him. Right. And the justification, redemption, sanctification, all those wonderful gifts 
I have in Christ. Right. That's what I, I, I need. Yeah, there's yeah. satisfaction. I have it here yeah. now. I don't need it in these other places. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's interesting to see that, you know, while you've gotten to know the country and I've gotten to know it through you, where different conversations are more um, prominent, maybe different conversations than you thought. Like, you know, even interaction with with Muslims and you're where maybe that's few where you're having more conversations on the prosperity gospel yeah and I, I, I spend a, a majority I, maybe all my time in preparation on learning the Orthodox and the Islam religions not even thinking about prosperity gospel interesting yeah. I, I those are the the dominant religions right. that's what I'm going to face that's in my mind that's what I was thinking and I get there and it's been really uh, the battle is not against them. They don't want to talk to me. No. The prosperity gospel is the one saying, I don't have the spirit. Right. And the prosperity gospel is saying, oh, you don't have faith to these people. And so now we're, we're battling uh, interpretation of scripture right. and, and going to God's word and following uh, a proper hermeneutic and saying, hey, the conclusion they're coming to is wrong because... I, I walk through scripture and you see, you see the difference, right? Uh, that's the battle we've been facing. So it, it's, it was a lot different than what I expected. And really what's taking place here is in discipleship. We're doing the same thing over here. When you're, when you're people, why is my life bad? I, you know, like answering mm -hmm. these, these questions, it's like, okay, let's, let's start with the word of God. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure we're interpreting it correctly and, and see the errors of, prosperity gospel yeah, or my, my bad thinking the error of my right. bad thinking and this is who God is right. knowing who God is for real not what I've heard about God uh, is, can be a lot different and I think they're they're beginning to see God for who he is and his word versus God who they say he was or is right. um, it, it can be quite a drastic difference but I can go to God's word and, and show them. We can go to God's word and show them, and they're like, Phew. yeah. Uh, they they hear, uh, I guess you would say, the shepherd's voice. Yeah. And they follow. Uh, man, that goes right along right. with the study in John chapter ten. Yeah. Yeah. Man, um, let's close this out. Um, give us a quick update on Permanent Light mm -hmm. campaign. Something our church has been a part of, and yeah. If, yeah. you're watching for the first time or listening for the first time, this is a great thing to get involved in. And so just tell us briefly, quickly about Permanent Light. So we originally started the, the project uh, in, in the thoughts of, one, we want to have a permanent place to meet uh, for the church in the future. Now and, of course, in the future uh, for the children, the grandchildren of those who are attending right now. And then we, we began to think about, you know, what is the income of, of the average person in Ethiopia? Of course, it's really low in comparison to the U.S. It's, it's yeah, a drastic distance, yeah. difference. That's, of course, with inflation, it's changed over, over time. But it's still, it's uh, around $60 to what you bring home in a month. Uh, you know, $60 or what you bring home. There's this. There's it. There's this around sixty dollars a month. Is so they're so they're bringing home about sixty. The average a month. Ethiopian. Yes. Wow. Now you can look in our church and see 
some bring home a lot more than right. that. But then you look in our church and see, oh, that person maybe brings home less. Right. And you try to compare that to... Uh, Still, that's a drastic difference. Right. From what... So how can uh, a local assembly with that sort of financial income purchase land in, in our city where that, that land costs uh, at least $200,000 for a piece of land? Not the building, just the land. How are they going to come up with that money? Well, they have to start saving. Yeah. So we challenged the church to save $10,000. And then we challenged churches throughout the world to partner with their brothers and sisters in Christ in trying to get that, that amount of money for the land. And then, of course, it'll be for uh, the building. So we started that a little over three years ago. And at that time, property value was about 200000 it's starting to change. It may, of course, change again with this virus. Yeah. So that might might work out into our favor. I don't know. But uh, we wanted to raise $200,000 for the land. And in that time, we've seen the church uh, grow spiritually and numerically. Cool. And so we're meeting in this house that it's a living room uh, about the size of, of, of your, uh, your living room here. And it's to the point where we don't fit. So there's a kitchen kind of connected yeah. to it. You've seen it. We put some chairs over there. So if I'm preaching this way, there's chairs on this side of me as well. Yeah. So now I have to preach to this side. But we've also opened up the, you know, how we have the sliding glass doors. Yeah. We take uh, one of those doors out completely and then slide the other two so we have a bigger opening. And we put chairs on the balcony and oh, we, we've, wow. we've made it to where... We can put this vinyl overhang. We hook it on each Sunday, and it get it provides shade okay. for those outside. Ethiopians don't like standing in the sun. It's just they just don't like it. I, I don't know who does like it. I, I guess. Get it. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> but also for the rainy season, it'll provide shelter uh, during the rainy season for people who are sitting outside. So now our auditorium extends outside of of the building, and it extends to the side inside. Um, so we can fit everybody in, specifically uh, during our time when all the kids are downstairs with us. Right. Now, when the kids go up, it kind of frees up some space. But if we have like a special Sunday, man, we're packed out, and we, we've, we've added you know uh, eight chairs out this way, eight chairs this way. So our, our about 58 chairs now turns into a little over 60-something, close to 70 chairs. But we're, we're reaching the maximum capacity of that space. Um, so this this need is becoming even more real as we try to acquire this land. So what is neat to see, over 127 different churches and families has, have given towards uh, the Permanent Light Project. Our goal of 200000 we are at $140,000 uh, promised. And so we're within $60,000 of our goal, which is really awesome to see. Um, but we still need that at that, yeah, that 60,000. So I, I guess my, my plea is, would you pray that others would join in? Mm-hmm. I mean, Grace Life has already uh, committed $5,000 towards this project. And there's other churches that have done the same. But I think if, if I could uh, encourage you to pray 
and, and if God works in your heart to give, I'm not saying don't. Yeah. yeah. But please I'm, give. Yeah, please <laughs> give. But I'm I'm asking you to pray that God would uh, open the hearts of others to give as well. Right. So that we can purchase the property and and kind of take the next next step to building to building a permanent light that yeah. lasts generations in Ethiopia yeah, for the future. Yeah. Yeah. So you can. Um, if you're a part of our church and you want to give towards that, you can always give online, thegracelifechurch.org slash give. Just select the Lynn family fund that is struck down and all that goes towards them. And um, the permanent light project that they've got going on there. So um, I'm glad that we can be a part of that and continue yeah, just seeing investing into what God's doing over there. Uh Last question for you is just how, how can we pray for you and your family hmm. during this time of back in the States and, and preparing for the future? How can we pray for you? Uh, immediately, I think of, and this is a prayer for our family, but it, it's a lot of families right now where Jayla's about to graduate high school. Yeah. And uh, her the plans to have parties and, and do all that. We were going to do a party in Ethiopia, got canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't have more than 10 people congregated. So that that party got canceled. Oh, we'll do it in the U.S. then, which we were going to as well. But, well, we just found out the place we wanted to do it in, we can't do it in because we're not allowed to meet that many people. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, pray for her as she goes through this time and all the high school graduates. Yeah. But our family's experiencing it at this time. Yeah. As she transitions to college, um, and the all the questions that come along with this, are, are we going to meet in in class, or am I going to have to do this online? Uh, so pray for Jayla specifically in that transition. Uh, I think of praying for Juliana. She's about to get married, and there will her venue be open for the wedding? Yeah, that's still a question. We just got an email this week on that that it's it's we won't know until June. Oh, that's. Uh, and we're like, man, that's getting really, really, close, really close to July when it's supposed to happen. Right. So how do you plan for something with so many unknowns? It's 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 difficult. And in fact, you, you almost can't plan until right. you know oh, yeah. what's happening. So pray for her and the wedding and, and our family as we try to prepare for that with all the unknowns. Oh, man, I think of uh, praying for Jacob right now because... I don't know why this is making me emotional, but, um, you know, he's, he's not going to have his sisters at the house at all. Yeah. There's a lot of family transitions. Yeah, I mean. That, that are hard enough as they are already, but. Um, so he's, he's going to go back and he's going to be the only child with us. And it's hard as parents to leave your children behind. Um, but he's going to have to get used to a life where there's no sibling in the house. Um, and, you know, it, siblings argue, but they, yeah. they, they, they like each other right. at the same time. And they, they're used to that, that time together. So he, he experienced it a little bit with Juliana leaving the house. And now he's going to experience it with, with Jayla being gone. So just be in prayer for him in that transition. Uh, of course, that leads to our me and Carissa, yeah. it's it's a, it's a, it's going to be a new experience for us with two children here, um, and of course, as we deal with 
the differences in culture. We, we've learned a lot in four years, but I would imagine we go back and there's going to be new things that you're like, what? I didn't expect this. Um, but that we would just not uh, make decisions based on emotion, but on the, the, what is true and what is right and what is good and what is lovely. Yeah. Make decisions on God's word. I guess that would be our, our, our prayer request okay. for our family. Um, so you, I encourage you to pray for Jeremy and Krista and Juliana and Jayla and Jacob. And um, being a missionary overseas is challenging and difficult, especially when you're, you're doing that while adjusting to family transitions mm-hmm. and um, it's, it's not just sending a child off to college, it's sending them off to college and then traveling across the, the globe. And um, so pray for them and their family. Um, you can always encourage them. You can follow them on social media if you want to just keep up to date with what's going on. And um, Jeremy's going to be preaching for us um, this coming Sunday, if you're watching this when it comes out live. But... Um, so just be in prayer for them, and I know we love that we get to be a part of what they're doing over in Ethiopia, and I'm glad that we can have this conversation today, yeah. and maybe we'll get to do it again before you guys head back, where we talk about, you know, your favorite foods in Ethiopia and things like that. So we didn't even get... I'm missing the food, I man. Know. I'm, I tell you. It's only been a, a month maybe and a half. Maybe <laughs> when we can go, maybe we'll go to an Ethiopian restaurant before all this is going. Say, yeah, once we open yeah. up. Yeah, that would be awesome. Sign up sheet. Next eight people that sign up. We can't do more than 10. So <laughs> text me if you want in on that. We'll go. And you will have the experience of your lifetime. Ah, but great food. Good food. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Convos Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or your favorite podcast platform. If you have a conversation suggestion, let us know by going to convospodcast.com. We'll see you next week as we continue having conversations on a variety of subjects.